everybody. Hello. And welcome to this week's episode of Dear Bear Book Club. I'm Nikki. And I'm Kirsty. Ah, what a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I should first start out by saying thank you for your patience and letting us push this episode back a week because we were having a grand old time hanging out and being together for a whole week. So I sincerely appreciate it. Yay. It was so nice. It was, like, it was the best time. It was, well, I got the shock of my life when you showed up early. Yep. Absolute best thing ever. We should post that to like the, our feed, Instagram feed. I posted it in our stories, but yeah, I can, I can post it to the feed. Maybe when we post about this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was super shocked, and then we had a whole extra weekend together to to hang out and do girl stuff, which was awesome. Yep. We watched Outvote. the entire second... Oh, yeah. Outvoting for once, Nikki's husband, Evan, on all things. For once, we had the vote. Yeah. Because normally we're hanging out with three dudes, and they usually get the better of us but we watched the whole entire second season of Bridgerton that was awesome yep we went and had a picnic in the, like 37 degree weather yeah maybe not the best choice but like the wine was great so good choice the wine was great there and there was cats the at was the great. winery there was tiny little kittens they were so adorable but we only lasted half an hour and then we had to go into the into, into the, the air, air conditioning, conditioning. Um, well, hopefully we weren't in the way but they were setting up around us for like a big dinner or something and then we had another glass of wine so i think i feel like they made a profit off of us either yeah. way oh yeah oh and you got two um two what was it in the end two tornado warnings and three thunderstorm warnings yep great sidebar though like we can cut this out i had another warning today on my phone <laughs> heat warning no, it was a shooting. Oh. And what? It, yeah. So this morning I woke up and it was um, emergency alert. The first thing, it was 7.15 this morning. Multiple shooting scenes in a downtown court in the city of Langley with one incident in the Langley township involving, involving transient victims. Male is described as Caucasian dark hair wearing brown uh, Carhartt coveralls and a blue-green camo t-shirt with a red logo on right sleeve associated to a white car uh, police have interaction with one suspect unknown if others involved um, involved at this time please remain alert and out of the area so then we got another one saying that they had like found somebody else and then when I was out at the grocery store it was like saying like all things are fine now you can go back to your regular business oh so that was like the emergency alert it wasn't like the weather I thought the weather network was like giving you a lot oh, of shooting sorry no but that was how um it was the, the yeah. emergency alerts was how the um, tornado and stuff came through. So, yeah. No. Oh yeah, we have heat alerts right now, but yeah. Well, yeah, was it hot today? It was, but you know, when you're in like an air conditioned car and then you just go into like an air conditioned grocery store, it doesn't feel yeah. that bad. And then I come yeah. into a basement suite that's freezing cold. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't really notice. Um, and the only time I was really outside today was just like walking between air conditioned places. 
and yeah yeah well you guys missed it today was kind of shitty it was like raining and kind of chilly all day so you left at the right time yeah sweet (laughs) well anyway it was a great week we got super drunk yeah we well i wouldn't say super drunk it was only actually i think we're very reasonable there was just it was just a lot of drinking spread over a long time Mm -hmm. and we had our annual lord of the rings day which was phenomenal except for the fact that you sizzled your finger yeah i did sizzle my finger on (laughs) like really ridiculously hot oil and yeah so nice crispy fingers but we'll be healing (laughs) that's what i was gonna say (laughs) between there's like pain going on right now in my life and so the heat's not really affecting me (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah, i don't really notice the heat right now um (sighs) but it's recovering Hopefully it'll be fine. If it doesn't get better in the next few days, I'll go see a doctor about it. But I think all, overall, I'm going to be fine. I just might have a scar. But... Oh, God. Yeah. And well, then... There's always something. Yeah. So, all in all, for Lord of the Rings Day, not too bad. I sizzled my fingers and Evan fell down the stairs. So I really... think that buying a two-story house was really a mistake because I have all the evidence. I've had all the evidence in front of me saying that he does not handle stairs well when he's drinking. Yeah, and yet we still bought a two-story house. That was that was really stupid. That was a really dumb idea. It was just all of a sudden hearing this like loud Crash. noise. Mm-hmm. Me and you were immediately up and we're like. Instantly, That's because we were the most sober. We were the ones we yeah. stopped doing shots early in the day. Yeah, instantly, we're sober, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And you were like, "Evan." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "I fucking told you to stop drinking yeah. like two drinks ago," and like, yeah. he—it was just the look in his face of like pure like, "Oh my god, did that happen? Was that me?" And it was like, "Oh dear lord," <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it was a good time. And then we, fun. of all the other things we did, we did mini golf. We did this like high, like ropes assault course. We went go karting. We went did laser tag. Mm. We did mm. a historical thing where we went to the tunnels in Moose Jaw. We did a whole variety of stuff. I'm actually really proud of how much things we did. Um, yeah, we were busy. Yeah, but I did appreciate the two days when we first got there of like literally us just chilling for like two days. <sighs> yeah. That was the best. That was the best. Just the best. So that's what we were doing instead of releasing an episode. I hope you yeah. can forgive us. We did have high hopes. When I first arrived, we were like, we're <laughs> going to record tomorrow. And then by the next day, I was like, maybe we should just put out no. a message. Like, I don't yeah. I don't know if we're going to. Because then we have to edit. and. Well, and like Evan was like, oh, my God. Well, he actually thought that we were doing the next book. And he was oh, like, okay. hey, you haven't. He's like, you haven't even started the book yet. And I was like no yeah i just got it from the library last week yeah or the week before i can't remember and i was like no what are you talking about and but like this book even like you texted me well obviously at the time i didn't know that you were mm-hmm. coming early so you texted me you were like um yeah are you gonna be good to go on monday i was like i was like this far in the book when you texted me like yeah <laughs> i could immediately tell when you went what 
and I was like, oh, she's not ready. She's not ready. But it was because me and Evan were communicating and Evan was like, you guys need to record before you arrive. And I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Ah, well, whatever. it's funny because he's the one who made like plans all that week. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then it was like, yeah. Man, I think a lot of shit has gone down since our, the last recording. I got a new job. Woo! Yay! I no longer work in retail. Finally. Oh my god, it's been a it's been a real whirlwind of the last couple weeks, and my yep. reading has gone significantly down. Which I feel like it's the opposite when you're a kid. In the summer, you're my, at least for me anyway. The reading went significantly up, but like yeah. we've been so busy running around and like getting ready for you guys to come, and like we're looking after like ten family members' houses because they're all on vacation and we're the only ones left in the city. Yeah, and. <laughs> So we've been busy. We've been very busy. So my my reading has gone down significantly. But I did finish this book, luckily. Yeah. I find that just, like, when you, like, plan for a bunch of stuff, like, my reading goes way down. And then it takes me, like, a moment to get back in a stride. That's why tomorrow I'm mm. fully dedicating as, like, a day of reading. Um, That's just what I need. I'm going to go for a walk and listen to an audiobook and just hopefully get most of, the, of a book done. Um, I, I have I lots of time now <laughs> so <laughs> should be should be yeah should be able to get a lot of reading done but speaking of audiobooks i haven't gotten to to update you on the my bridgerton audiobook saga okay well i think i did actually but but we're gonna re reiterate for the podcast so that you guys can hear it too um okay so i finished the Viscount Who Loved Me and what was, what's Benedict's called? I can't remember. Oh, he's the one I always forget. Uh, yeah, because it's a forgettable book. An yeah. offer from a gentleman. That's it. I should have mm. known. Because it's such a... Ugh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> okay. Loved, loved Antony's story. Great. Also, I just found that, like, it's the book was so much better because the characters were not wet rags like Daphne. I feel like you know this by now because you watched the entire second season with me that mm -hmm. I hate Daphne and all that she stands for. And I think I hate the character as well as the actress. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, Phoebe. What, Devin whatever, whatever her name, name is. is. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not personal, I guess. I just find you have a... It's not. I. Just, it's not. I don't know her. She's probably very nice, but she just has a face I want to punch. I'm sorry. I, yeah. It's just, I don't know what it is. Some people just don't and, do it for you. and No. Well, she does not. I can tell you. And, like, the book. In the book, she's, like, just... She has no personality. At least Kate and Antony. And, like, there's something about, like, enemies to lovers. I don't know why that does it so, like, well for me. But it's just, like, when people hate... Like, I guess it's because there's a fine line between hatred and love. Yeah. Maybe well, that's, that's why I always feel so bad after I've, like, hung out with people and I'm like, maybe people don't know I actually, like, really do love Joseph because the whole time I just poke fun <laughs> at him. But it's, like, an endearing thing. Um, it's not, like, from, it's from a place of, like, love, not actual I hatred. I feel like it's the same thing with me and Evan because I feel I feel like we bicker a lot in front of other people. We actually don't fight that much. In, in fact, we very rarely ever fight, like, actual fight. Mm -hmm. 
like when we're in private, but we like have like little bickery fights when we're in front of other people. I feel like it's gotten better over the years, but we used to do it a lot more, I think, when we were younger. Yeah. And he was always like, do you think people think we actually hate each other? Like, I, I'm pretty sure we've had discussions where it's like, oh, people definitely think that we're going to bro- break up. Like, people definitely think, have like bets going on that we're going to break up. I've never got that vibe from you, but I okay, like, great. yeah, I don't know. I definitely like always poke fun at Joseph, but it's not from a place of like actual hatred. It is definitely from a place of love. Um, but yeah, I've wondered that too. I'm like, do people think I actually think most of these things or like, <laughs> I don't a little I, bit problematic, but <laughs> I don't in okay. case you're wondering. Yay. Um, um yeah, so I actually really like the second book. Second book I've liked the best so far because yeah. Benedict's book was like some bullshit. And the entire time I was listening to it, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> First of all, I thought it was going to be like super, like, uh, well, it's like literally Cinderella. Yes. But then it's not because it's like they don't end up meeting again for like two years. He doesn't remember who she is. And then also he wants her to be like, also, it's just like a whole thing of miscommunication, but it literally couldn't, like, it could have not been miscommunication. She could have literally been like, this is why I can't be your mistress. And I have very strong feelings about it. And fuck you and your face. Like, I don't know. It just. Yeah, there's parts of the book that like, I kind of like, I'm like, oh, this is kind of nice or like whatever. But then there was definitely parts of it where I was like, oh. Yeah. So I can't see in some ways why the TV show has decided to potentially just move on from him him for now. But like, we'll see. They might come back to him. But I feel like they're creating like a bigger arc for him. So I don't I'm not mad about them going to Penelope and Colin. And in all honesty, their book is actually quite good. There's a particular point um, that it hits. And I don't feel that this is like a big spoiler, especially now that the TV series came out. If we had just been doing these before the TV series came out, I would definitely like not spoil this. But because we know that Penelope is Lady, uh, Lady Whistledown, when Colin finds that out, that whole like when he finds out and then their carriage ride and then like when they arrive at like the Featherington house, that whole like scene... I just find like golden. I think it's hilarious. I think it's really heartfelt in points. And you can honestly see why Colin's a bit of a child, but like, I, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it because I truly okay. loved it. Um, okay, well, I just started it this morning. Okay, great. So but I haven't gone there yet, but I'm it's very interesting to see because it definitely pins Colin as being way more immature than Penelope, but I think it gives him more like sides to him as a personality. Yeah, so I'm okay. Well, I'm excited to get to that part. Um, yeah, I just started it today. I don't know how. Like, I'm not sure how they're gonna reveal because Penelope. Like, I kind of talked about Penelope and Lady Whistledown. Like, I talked about how many times she's mentioned her, mm-hmm. but obviously, not, I already know that she's Lady Whistledown. So it'll be interesting to see how it's revealed. Anyway. Mm-hmm. That's that's your uh, Bridgerton update for you. Yep, and the fact that you've never seen the second season. Yeah, second season I did like. I love like Anthony and Kate. 
the actors are great. Yeah, Jonathan like, Bailey and Simone Ashley. She's so hot. Yeah. He's so hot, mm-hmm. too. I, I have a new appreciation for him after seeing this season. Um, I just think they're trying... Like, we talked about this, too. Was I just think that they're trying to do too much. Yeah. Um, there is a I lot... I wish they would have... And plus, it goes, like, completely way off, like, with the book, which is fine. The book, the, the way that they get together in the book is a bit dumb. It's also very close to, like, how Daphne and Simon, so I can see where... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's too similar, so I can see why they completely changed it, but that's also... The day that Bridgerton came out, I had another commitment on, so it didn't get home until, like, middle of the day. And then we as like a friend group were meant to watch a show together in the evening. And I straight up, Joseph's like, okay, cool. It's now time. This is the end of the episode. We now have to hang out with our friends online. And I was like, we have to push an hour. Because the cliffhanger, the cliffhanger was when Anthony proposed to... um, Edwina. Edwina. Um, (laughs) And that's the end of the episode. And I was just like, this is not how the book goes. This is, I don't know what's happening. And like had like almost a meltdown. And I was like shouting at him being like, don't you dare take that TV remote from me. Um, like we, we have to watch another hour. And he was like, but we're meant to be meeting our friends. We already pushed it back like half an hour. And I was like, they have to wait an hour. I'm really sorry. Like I can't. So then the next episode, I was like, okay, things were panning out and I felt a bit better about it, but I was still like not too happy um at the direction things were going in but at least some things had been answered and i could kind of cope with that a little bit more um yeah (laughs) yeah it was not good i was like not having a great time and i remember when we started calling i was like well i'm in a panic but it's okay um and we could only watch whatever we were watching i can't even remember we like watched one episode or watched the movie or whatever and then that was it i was like okay cool bye um (laughs) And we stayed up until like two in the morning watching all of them because yeah. Joseph's like, how about we just leave the last two episodes and then we go to bed now? And I was just like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Well, that was, uh, that was it for me. You ready? Uh, yeah. To get into just it? give me one sec. Uh, yes. Okay. I'm just trying to think. Do I have any other book news? Um. Oh, I forgot to ask you. Have you um, pre-ordered Carrie Soto's back yet? No, I haven't. Okay, I did. <laughs> that was that was the only other thing. Oh, but also, I. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. I sent um. I sent you that thing this morning, and I'm devastated because. Taylor Jenkins Reid posted a bunch of like notes to like el- like about Evelyn Hugo, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo on Goodreads. Yeah. And she says in them that like this is the end of like this cuz yeah, like this, all like, of her world. Yeah, all of her books are based in the same world from Evelyn Hugo all the way up to Carrie Soto. Mhm. But the Carrie Soto, it sounds like it's going to be the last. Mm-hmm. And I'm devastated. 
even though I haven't read any of her like earlier books and you said that like maybe in another which I also bought today maybe in another life was on sale so I bought it nice there was another book that I wanted to buy um that looks really good um I'm just gonna google it first before um (laughs) so I don't actually say the wrong name of it that's not what I want let's go to the waterstones website because i'm trying to like make sure that i don't always like just look at indigo or chapters i try and look at waterstones in a couple other places too um i can't wait when we go to scotland and you can take me to a waterstones oh my god you're gonna love it they're like (laughs) the nicest bookstores ever it's like oh Next time you're here, we'll have to go up to McNally Robinson in Saskatoon. Yeah. Which I think it's still open. Oh, just like it's like nice wooden bookshelves and filled. There's usually a couple different levels. Um, There's usually a little cafe in them too. Like, Mm. oh, I just love them. They're like my favorite bookstore. Or like favorite chain, anyway. um, Let me just see. So, I... I don't know if I'm going to be able to give an accurate description of this book, but it's one that I might read in the future, and I'm excited to, like, read it. Um, And just because I've kind of, like, known about it. So I have two really good friends, like, a couple, um, and they're both within, like, the music industry in Scotland. And they go to a lot of gigs all the time and different concerts, and they're really like beloved friends of mine and they follow this band called frightened rabbit and a couple years ago there was um i think the lead singer of the band um i don't know exactly if um he took his life or what happened exactly but there was a poet um michael Pedersen who has written a couple different like books of poetry but he's written like a memoir of his friend with who was the um the singer in Frightened Rabbit um and it's called Boyfriends by Michael Pedersen and it's got some pretty good reviews um but it only came out like yeah the 7th of July so just like couple weeks ago but and I just like randomly saw it on Waterstones' website and I was like oh this looks pretty good and then I saw that like my friends had like liked the book um on Goodreads as well so I was like oh sweet like um I'll have to definitely give it a read at some point um so I'm just writing down that I need that's the book I was thinking of ordering from Waterstones and Carrie Soto is back but Carrie Soto is back comes out what august i think it's around mm. about the time that i'm moving to nova scotia so I, that's why i was hesitating pre-ordering mm. it because there's another book which i can't remember right excuse me right now that i wanted to order but they're all coming out around the same time that i'm moving so i don't want to order it because if it's delayed then i'm not going to be here 
but I could also just pick it up the day off. There was one that I was like, that's the day before I go. So I could just pick it up in store and then have it for me traveling. But I always like to think that I'm that person that will like sit and read in the airport. But all I end up doing is scrolling through my phone. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even really like to read on planes. I don't mind reading on planes, but I just, I always take like two or three books with me and then I don't even crack one of them open. So yeah, I just need to yeah. get out of that habit. I think I just like, I'll take one book and it'll be fine. Um, yeah. Because I'm like, what if I don't want to read the other book? Then I have to take multiple. <laughs> oh, what an idiot. That's why I only bring my iPad when I'm traveling is because then I can have a million books. Uh-huh. That would be a better a idea. My iPad is really old, so um, I need to check it on that. Well, I and I used to have like I used to have a Kobo reader too, but then I realized that you can just get the apps on mm-hmm. your iPad and yeah. like there you go. Yeah, I need to re- revive my iPad and see. Yeah. I once looked at how much it would be to to upgrade from my current iPad and how much they would trade it in for. It was like twenty dollars. Um, I was like, it's a glorified speaker. That'll that costs more than, yeah. Yeah, they're expensive. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I'm gonna order that, but I might just have to hold off. Um, but I am really looking forward to reading that Michael Pedersen book. I think it'll be really good. If not yeah. very sad, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say super sad, but yeah, I'm sure good. Anyway, let's anyway delve in. So, we're doing our second summer read books. Oh, and I did put in, I have it written down at the end here. So, I did include it in the last episode that we put out. I added a little, like, info correction thing. Did I add that? I don't know. I didn't listen to the last episode. I didn't listen either. Maybe I didn't add it. Um, I don't think I did because I couldn't figure out how, yeah. So never mind. Okay. I did not record my correction corner. So I just want to point out that in the last episode, I stated that it was um, like 23 hours to cross Canada. Mm. And that is wildly inaccurate. I don't know where <laughs> I got that number from. I think it was because it's like two days and then like um, like 11 hours. So I had just like th- thought two Mm-hmm. 23 hours um no that's not the case well i wanted to say something at the time but i was just like eh. i was i was like- so confident with it though i was like <laughs> this is what it is and then it wasn't until i didn't even like i was editing that episode it wasn't even at the point where i edited that episode i started listening to the episode and immediately was like a fact that i state well into the episode is completely wrong and like sent you a message and I was like, I, I really like got that. And like, it's not that important, but um, so just so people know, if you were to cross country back to back, not stopping, it is 59 hours, <laughs> which is two days and 11 hours. So yeah, not <laughs> 23 hours, 23 hours. Well, I mean- you can cross like a couple provinces, but like. It takes 19 hours to drive from here to Vancouver. Yeah, I don't and know what the hell. And it takes like 
40 hours like to Ontario drive from here to Nova Scotia to cross the entirety yeah. of Ontario takes like 12 hours so like yeah Ontario is huge yeah and to, from Nova Scotia to like Ottawa is I think like 12 hours I've done it before yeah. and I didn't do it all in one go we drove from Fredericton and New Brunswick to Ottawa and that was like nine hours and that was long um i remember at one point in the drive we were in ontario and i was like joseph can you just like rub the back of my head for a second and i closed my eyes for a second i was like you need to take your hands off of me we need to so then i was like tell me about your childhood tell me did you get books from the library tell me just random shite to do with your life because i just needed to be awake (laughs) yeah and that was like i think like the eighth or ninth hour of us driving um um yeah, yeah it's well it's funny because i li- i was listening to um it just made me think of it because i imagine there were some people that were listening that were like that is not a fact at all oh maybe and um i was just listening to i'm a, I'm a bit behind on my mur- murder because i've been um reading or listening to audiobooks mm-hmm and in the last episode, they were talking about somebody who, like, dissolved their wife's body mm-hmm. in potash. Yeah. At least that's what I'm assuming she meant was potash. But she kept saying, it was Karen, she kept mm-hmm. saying potash. Oh. And I was like, oh my god, it's potash. It's potash. Because we literally drove past the mine. Yeah. <laughs> when we were going up to Musha of the potash and, like, you know, so it's been kind of like it's something that's talked about a lot around here. So if it's the same thing, which I'm assuming it is, it's pronounced potash. And she said it so many times, potash. And I was just like, ah. that's like, I love listening to my favorite murder too. But and Karen so proudly states that she like lived in Scotland for a little while. Oh yeah, and yeah. she was saying Glasgow as Glasgow, and I was oh. like oh my god, I can't listen to this episode. <laughs> like, what the flying fuck? Um, and she kept saying gow, not go. And it does yeah. have a W on the end, but it said Glasgow. Um, yeah. Or, if you're from there, Glasgow. But, uh, yeah, I was just like, oh, dear. And when I say when you're from there, that's my own area of Scotland. Everyone has different pronunciations because we all have different dialects all over the place. So nobody come for me. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody will, but just in case somebody's like, actually, you're saying it wrong. Um, yeah. Because that's how anybody who criticizes me sounds like. Um, <laughs> and you can't criticize and you can't correct things. I'm not saying don't because that correction was wildly inaccurate. And... <laughs> yeah i don't know where the hell 23 Uh, hours came from because that's like yeah nearly three times that was what the actual answer yeah so anyway um yeah okay so this is now our second edition of summer reads for this summer and i decided well the book i originally was gonna do i hadn't actually read yet and 
I was being lazy because I knew well, the, well, there was a potential we were going to record this earlier than what we are. So I was like, yeah, never mind. Not doing a new book because I wasn't going to be able to finish it in time. So I have decided to do one I read a couple months ago. Yep, when it first came out. So it's Emily Henry's Book Lovers. Have we done one of hers before? Yeah, I did. Ah, uh-uh. I don't think so. Didn't I? Oh, okay. Never mind. Love Emily Henry. Absolutely. I think you might have talked about I've her. Talked a bit. about her, yeah. Because you got into a bit of a hole with her. A little, a little yeah, while ago so I had talking about her. the first one that I read was People We Meet on Vacation. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it wasn't the book for me. Um, it was a decent enough book, but it was just like, like kind of meh for me. Yeah. And then yeah. there, I read this one, Book Lovers, and I burned through it in like a day. Love it. Um, such a good book. And then there's the other one. packed it up so i can't actually look at my bookshelf um her other one let's just see i should have her open on goodreads anyway so yeah the other emily henry one Fuck, what the hell is it called oh it's oh, fucking hell it's written right in the front of the book <sighs> beach read beach, beach read beach read was so good loved it um which maybe I should have done that one for summer reading, but whatever. We're doing book lovers. <laughs> Is the newest one out? It's fine. We're doing great. I don't know why sometimes episodes are just so like it's like my brain just absolutely turns to mush, and I'm just like, yeah, never mind. I don't know what I'm doing at all. Um, yeah. well, I don't. But yeah, so let's just start. Take it one step at a time, Kirsty. So Go for it. <laughs> Emily Henry Book Lovers is the book that I am looking over today. So, one summer, two rivals, a plot twist they didn't see coming. Nora Stevens' life is books. She's read them all, and she's not that type of heroine. Not the plucky one, not the laid-back dream girl, and especially not the sweetheart. In fact, The only people Nora is a heroine for are her clients, for whom she lands enormous deals as a cutthroat literary agent, and her beloved little sister, Libby. Which is why she agrees to to go to Sunshine Falls, North Carolina for the month of August, when Libby begs her for a sister's trip. For a sister's trip away. With visions of a small-town transformation for Nora, who she's convinced needs to become the heroine in her own story. But instead of picnics in meadows or run-ins with a handsome country doctor or bulging four-armed bartender, Nora keeps bumping into Charlie Lastra, a bookish brooding editor from back in the city. It would be a meet-cute if not for the fact that they've met many times and it's never been cute. If Nora knows she's not... I nearly got there. (laughs) If Nora knows she's not an ideal heroine, Charlie knows he's nobody's hero. But as they are thrown together again and again in a series of coincidences no editor worthy of their salt would allow, what they discover (laughs) might just unravel the carefully crafted stories they've written about themselves. So, 
So there's Nora and her sister Libby, and then Charlie. So Nora and Libby, like I said, are sisters. They were raised by their mom, who was a single mom, but their mom dies, and Libby is still quite young. Well, not young, young, but like Nora, I think, was like 17, 18, maybe. So she takes care of her sister. Um, gets this like job within literary works and like um, looks after her sister. Her sister is actually pregnant in the book with her third child. She's like m- married, got married like youngish, um, and she's having her third kiddo. So she's like, I want a break. I want to go on holiday with you. We've done a few holidays before. I need a break. Um, I think we should go to Sunshine Falls. So Sunshine Falls is... So Nora Stevens is a literary agent. And one of the authors that she represents is Dusty. Um, Dusty... Can't remember her last name. Anyway. So the first time that you see the your interaction with Nora, she's going to a meeting... And she's being broken up with as she's heading to this meeting. So she's going and she actually meets Charlie. And this is like their first real interaction with each other. So she's like a few minutes late because she had this phone call. And the first thing he says to her is, you're late. (laughs) And so things don't go off to a great start. But he's like, I loved Dusty's previous books, but I don't like this book. And Jesus, what the hell was it called? Um... Oh, it's called Once in a Lifetime. And the Once in a Lifetime book is based in Sunshine Falls, North Carolina. So so when they meet, Nora is trying to be like, you should edit this book because they have to like, I don't know, champion their books for a publisher so editors will pick Mm. them up. So she's trying to do that. And Charlie's like, you know, this book isn't for me. I'm interested in future projects, but this one's not for me. Um... But their meeting just like doesn't go very well. So flash forward to like when the book is like basically all set, because that was like set a few years earlier. Once a once in a lifetime has done phenomenal. Sunshine Falls actually gets like people there because it's just like this small town, cute little place. Um But the biggest thing that Charlie says about the book. He's like, it's wildly inaccurate. I don't think Dusty's ever visited Sunshine Falls. So, yeah. (laughs) So it turns out Charlie is from Sunshine Falls. But we don't know that until Nora and Libby go there and are staying there. And Nora essentially bumps into him. But she doesn't actually bump into him. She sees him in a coffee shop and is like, oh my god, I think that's Charlie Lastra. So she emails him. And is like asks him a random question, and he like then responds. So she sees him like typing. She's like, maybe this is a coincidence. But then she types back and forth, and he's responding. So she's like, it's not a coincidence. He's actually here. Why is he here? That's really weird. But it turns out he's from there. And the book really just kind of goes into like how their relationship develops. Um, like you obviously know that there's chemistry between them, but they kind of don't really like dip into that but at the same time there's like 
you can kind of tell that Libby's not really telling her something as well. So Nora thinks that um, Libby is looking for a divorce from her husband or like going through like some sort of like, well, she's pregnant. She thinks she's going through some sort of crisis now that they have their third child on the way and they're already living in an apartment that's way too small in New York. And yeah. Three kids in an apartment in New York. Mm. Well, two and one on the way, but um, yeah. So there's just like a lot of stuff, but when they arrive in Sunshine Falls on their flight, Libby is like, we got a checklist and there's all of these things in the checklist. And like number five is like, go on a date with two locals. Um, (laughs) One of them is like camp in a field or something like that. Another one is like ride a horse. There's just like random stuff that you'd expect like to happen within like a romance novel. Cause she wants her sister to like experience this like whirlwind romance and like um actually take time out from her job so yeah yeah, I really did enjoy like it it like not mocks those tropes but definitely like plays into those tropes in like kind of a funny way because she's like well actually I'm scared of horses so can I pet one um (laughs) and she does end up going on dates um which are kind of funny um there's just like a lot of like kind of like little comedy things um i don't know i just really it's very very sweet um oh one of them's to like save a local business so like there's kind of like different things to that it's just it's very comical and but like in a very sweet light-hearted way and i loved it it was absolutely delight of a book to read and Sometimes you just need those ones where you burn through super duper quickly. Hmm. Um, and I was rereading it for today. And I didn't finish it the second time round. But I it wasn't a book that I was like, oh, this is boring the second time round. I was like, oh, this is so good. I love it again. Like it, w- And I think sometimes you need that when you read a book super quickly to like appreciate yeah, yeah. the first time round. Because there is things yeah. that I, I didn't notice the first time. But I'm like, oh, yeah, love that again second time round. Like... The fact that Nora and Charlie both like state how they do not want to have children and that people don't really get it. And I'm here for that. Like for me, I know I want children, but I like to think that I'm really respectful of the fact that people who don't want children, I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. Like you don't have to want children. Um, Sorry. As a side note, I know that like, I have often said, oh, when we have children, and I know that you're a little hesitant on that. Um, I hope that I'm never, like, pushing. Like, I don't. Yep. Okay, cool. It's like, no. I don't feel that you need to have children. But it's just been more in recent years that you've mentioned kids a few times. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, we can cut that out. Um, <laughs> but, and I've just always been a person that knows I want kids. But I, if you don't want kids, as long as I know, um, but you don't have to like explicitly tell me, but I think it's just as society is built, we kind of assume that people want to have kids, but I'm getting better mm-hmm. at not assuming that people want to have kids because it's becoming way more common for people not to want kids. And I know they are not for everybody, but they kind of made like a really good point. Nora is like, I love kids. I think they're great. I just don't want my own. I'm quite happy being the aunt. And she, like, explicitly says that. And then 
Whereas Charlie, he's like, he felt there was something, he didn't have like a horrible upbringing. It wasn't like abusive or anything like that. There was just like, there's things that you find out in the book, but it's not like from like an abuse situation. He's just like, I didn't enjoy childhood. So (laughs) why would I bring somebody into the world to be responsible for that kind of thing? So yeah. very mature views on why they don't want to have children. Um, but I just feel that it's good that it was explored in a sense of like within a romance novel because often it's like they get together, eventually they get married in the epilogue and then they have babies. Like there's yeah. all like yeah. it always kind of like follows that general kind of pattern. And I kind of like that books are now exploring different things for that to like work out and I think it's really great because then it's way more representation for people who don't want to have kids and if we're talking about these things and giving it representation it becomes the norm rather than like this like unattainable or like oh that's not like the thing to do like yeah well for me I always I always really liked when like a show or a book would portray like a woman not wanting to have kids because for a really long time, I didn't want any. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm still kind of on the fence about it. And I think now I think it will eventually happen, but I still don't have the urge. And I don't know if that will ever happen. And not, like, sometimes you see a cute baby on the street and you're like, damn, that's a cute baby. Mm-hmm. And I could probably make a really cute baby, too. But I don't know. I still, like, the responsibility is just, it feels like it's too much still. Mm-hmm. but like yeah i always really like books that like portray that because then it's like yeah it's not like it is a normal thing for people to be unsure yeah of having kids and like i remember like the one of the first ones that i remember happening was which i don't know if you've ever watched the show but have you ever seen the mindy project um i've seen some of it yeah up until a point. so like she was like pretty like not wanting to have kids and then she ends up accidentally getting pregnant Mm -hmm. and it like works out whatever fine like she has the baby and it's she loves it obviously but like i don't know i just wish that there there would still be like that follow-through because it's like there's still a lot of media where it's like oh yeah like she doesn't want to have kids but oops she gets pregnant now what yeah and like she still like ends up going through with the pregnancy or whatever and it's just like is that i don't know it just feels like what if she didn't like yeah if she what if she stuck by the fact that she didn't want to have kids like are we Mm -hmm. that against seeing a woman who doesn't want to have kids and then actually doesn't have any kids like i feel like there's so many portrayals where it's like yeah i don't want to have kids but then she eventually does yeah they accidentally get pregnant and then they're like oh well now i have this maternal instinct and i yeah i want to have that and i don't think that that's always the case there are people who have kids where i think it's a thing of like my friends are having kids so i want to be in on that and Mm -hmm. it's like a convenience thing to just like go through that rather than like question if you actually want to have kids so yeah I think it's something that people really do need to consider a lot more. And I know that, like, accidental, like, sometimes people are just like, oh, my God, yep, this is for me now, like, that's fine. But it's that acceptance of just being able to, like, have charge over your body and just be like, well, actually, no, that's not for me. Um, 
bringing well, back that phrase other... too. Good for you, not for me. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Well, and the other thing too is like I I really like a realistic depiction of motherhood because so much of mo- like of motherhood that is depicted is like, oh my god, it's so amazing. And and even in real life, this happens too. And it's just like, oh, motherhood's so amazing. You'll love it. Like you'll you'll never know a love like that like it or whatever. And I'm like, I'm sure that's true, but I also know that being a mother is fucking hard. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't want like the bullshit shoved down my throat without also having the truth, which is that it's not easy <laughs> to no. have kids. And like, I already have anxiety and depression. Yeah. Like having that after having a child, um, there's the greater risk of having like, postpartum postpartum depression but you can also get um like pre like um Mm -hmm. prenatal depression too um which i think people are becoming more aware of but um postpartum depression yeah i'm terrified of that and i have always wanted children like yeah forever and that terrifies me um and just like the other things like the anxiety of having a child like I don't want to be a hover parent but I don't want them to be hurt my fictional yeah. child um <laughs> like all of those little things and it's like this is it's not just like a oh cool I have a, ki- a kid now like it'll be fine yeah like speaking yeah. of the fact that like all of the things that you do have such a deep influence on their later lives like i know we personally have talked about like um things that just like like our own parents and i'm not meaning like this to like be blaming anything at all but like every trauma that our own parents have gets passed down to us like that's generational trauma that it's a thing like and even if you don't think it's a trauma like it kind of maybe is and like how you interact with your own body that can be passed down to your kids too like there's so much and it's such a responsibility it's not just like am i financially able to have kids and i don't yeah it's anybody not is that. like ever financially ready to have kids or emotionally or physically able like ready to have children but there's just all of these like extra things that i think as like a society we are generally more aware of now and that is terrifying yeah, I just, I don't want the mom guilt. And, like, I think one of the, like, better representations of it was, like, um, I know you haven't watched it, but in How I Met Your Mother, mm-hmm. Lily, they they talk about wanting kids a lot, and they, like, try for a baby for, for not a long time, but mm-hmm. it, like, shows them progressing through the relationship. Like, at the start of the show, they get engaged, like, you've seen that yep. episode. And then they, like, get married, and then they wait a little bit, and then they decide to have a kid, and it, like, progresses, and they, like, decide, they decide to start trying, but then they are both really stressed about it, and then they say, okay, maybe we should wait for a bit, and then they, like, officially go for it, and then, like, after the baby is born, I think he's almost a year old, she, like, has a scene where she talks about how sometimes she thinks it's all too much and she just wants to like pack a bag and leave Mm -hmm. and i'm like yes like that's what i want to hear i don't want to hear that it's like the best thing you've ever experienced and that you'll never know a love like that i want to hear that like it's fucking hard too yeah and like 
I don't know. And like, I know so many people, like when they're trying to convince you to have a kid, they're like, it's the best experience you'll ever have. But I'm like, is it? I like the parents who tell me it's the hardest thing they've ever done. And I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. Tell me why. I want the details. Like, so yeah. I'm prepared. I like to know all of the like evidence first. Yeah, but, I need to have a plan. And this is where I like this book too, because they show like for the most part it's like Libby is this like ethereal like not ethereal but like Nora paints her as like this ethereal like person as just like floating through life and just loving being a mother and that's all fine but Libby actually ends up being hospitalized at one point because she has low iron which Mm -hmm. is something that does happen it's very common with pregnancies that you have low iron you have to watch what you eat but for the longest time Libby was vegetarian so there quite often if you are a vegetarian and you are pregnant you have to eat meat during your pregnancy or have infusions or there's a couple other things like but sometimes you have to start eating meat for the health of you and your child um or like unborn baby um yeah so just even like posing that one it's like she's having to like change up her own moral views because she's had to be eating meat and two like she didn't tell her sister because she didn't want to like upset her or anything but also show that pregnancy's not a fucking breeze it is mm. tough you are growing a human inside of you yeah and yeah. it's not just like a you're done you're impregnated and then the hard bit is the labor part no like actually being pregnant is very difficult and uh, it annoys me when all the time when you see pregnant women as this like goddessy type thing and i'm i know for a fact i am going to bitch and whine (laughs) and demand food brought to me and just gonna be like the hottest of messes and actually i'm if it is at all possible i would rather be pregnant during winter I know that there's, mm-hmm. like, the potential of you falling on ice and things like that. But already, I'm already too damn hot in the summertime. I don't need, like, this thing growing in me as, like, another thermal, like, thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, can we time this? Like, can we, like, make sure that I'm not pregnant during the summer? Because, no. And, yeah, mm. it's just, I don't think I'll have a choice when that time comes. But... And I do appreciate, like, things that do say how challenging it is to conceive, too. When you're mm-hmm. younger, you're basically brought up to be, like, you can get pregnant at any time. Like, Oh, I know. And you it's can. Like, yeah. But, like, when you actually look at the, like, dynamic- dynamics of it and stuff like that, it's, like, one day a month is, like, the peak for you to get pregnant. There's, like, well, maybe, I think it's more than one day. I think it's just, like, a few days of when you're, like, ovulating. But, like, that's your time, your window, really, to, like, actually have the best chance. And, yes, you can get pregnant out of that time frame. Yes, it can happen anytime there's, like, penetrative sex. But they don't tell you that, that it's more likely to happen. Um... Yeah. Anyway, I'm angry about some of the facts that I did not get taught in school. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's definitely hard to get pregnant. I know some people who tried for like a really long time mm-hmm. to get pregnant. And it took them like a year and a half. Yeah. And not to like say too much about my personal life, but we did try for a little bit. And it was really hard. Like, yeah, 
Okay, I was gonna make some sort of like horrible joke. Like the actual like do it. That's not typical. But like <laughs> the like <laughs> dad, don't listen. Um, <laughs> the actual like mental strain that it put on of me. I was like counting well, plans. So I much. was like planning and counting days, and like I was put on the pill for having irregular periods. So yeah. To then go to completely irregular again, to then having to be like yeah. calculating stuff, it was just like this is so confusing. And then if you yeah. forget to jot down one, it's like, well, when did I last have my period? Like, it just yeah, so much. And then, like, I love our families and stuff, but the familial pressure too to like mm, be questioned, yeah. and not even familial pressure. There was like some other people who were like, "Are you pregnant yet?" Just because mm. we're within the first year of being married does not automatically presume that we are trying to get yep. pregnant. And if we were, yep, that's our own business. Like, I don't feel... If I want to talk to you about it, yes, I'm quite openly freely... And this is where I maybe have shot myself in the foot because I did openly talk to people about the fact that we wanted to, to try having kids straight away. Mm. And that yeah. was kind of my own fault. But that doesn't mean that you can just, like assume mm. that everything's going breezy um all of yeah. that is on complete hold though because i've decided to go back to school and i'm moving and there's a whole bunch of other things going on so yeah pause on the baby making for a while um yeah but if somebody was within their first few years of marriage do not automatically assume that they're trying for a baby just like heads up nope. to the world out there um well, and it, just for me, it's like, we're not trying. We don't have any plans to try in the near future. Mm -hmm. But, like, imagine if we were. And it was taking a while. And imagine how it would feel for someone to be asking you, are you pregnant yet? Are you pregnant yet? When you're trying to. Yes. Be. It hurts. I'm just like. I can just say. Yeah. It hurts. And even if that intention is coming from the absolute best place, um it makes you feel like you are there's something wrong with your body and there could like there genuinely there could be something i'm not going to worry about that right now because that's not the time and the place for us to be worrying about it again because we only did try for like a very like not even a full year um yeah but it was only a few months but it's almost like you're saying when you're asking that question, the person who's hearing it is saying, I'm not good enough. My body's not good mm -hmm. enough to be actually mm -hmm. creating a human. So yeah, just as much as you potentially are maybe excited to hear that somebody is trying for a kid, just like take a deep breath and maybe just don't bring it up. Maybe just see how they're doing on another level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's just my advice for people who think that they want to ask. I just want to be surprised. Yeah, I want you. I want you to tell me in the way that you want to tell me. Yeah, and I don't need to be badgering you constantly every second. I feel like we talk about it a lot. And we're like, when Kirsty and Joseph have kids. Yeah. Uh, so I hope. So I hope that you don't don't take that as oh. pressure. But like, I don't at all. It's always like, oh, Kirsty and Joseph need to have a baby first so that they can <laughs> figure it out for us. <laughs> yeah, and I'm quite happy for that, and I'm super excited to become a parent at some point. That is something that I've always wanted, but um, it's just not going to happen as early as we thought it would. 
it's going to be a few years and that's fine um we've spoken about it as much as it sometimes hurts the next time we see a baby announcement on facebook it's like damn i wish that was us but at the same time i'm also doing things for myself so i can't get bogged down about it anyway the book does a great representation i think of (laughs) saying you don't want to have children and yeah but then also gives a perspective of it's not actually easy it's not like walk in the park it's mm-hmm. can actually be very difficult and pregnancy is not like a walk in the park either it could be quite difficult yeah. and there's lots of challenges and there's sometimes things that you have to completely change your lifestyle because like you can't eat raw fish you can't there's a bunch of things that you can't eat while pregnant and there yeah. was something not long ago that somebody brought up and i was like wait what i didn't know that um yeah I know, there's so much shit that, like... Something, I was like, that's gonna be problematic. I think it was mayo. Oh, no. Which, I eat mayo all the time. Maybe it's not mayo, but... But mayo does have eggs in it. I don't know. And it's raw. It's raw eggs, isn't it? I think so. Maybe it is mayonnaise. But you can get vegan mayonnaise, so... Mm -hmm. uh, Which actually tastes pretty good, so... I will be fine. The Hellman's is not going to go bankrupt because I've stopped buying um, mayonnaise. Um, but if it comes a time where I do have to stop buying mayonnaise, they might go bankrupt because I do buy a lot of mayonnaise. Just It goes on everything. It's really good. don't know why I'm now having a TED talk about mayonnaise. But um, yeah. Okay, so the book. Also, um, my edition was published by Berkeley as well. I should have mentioned that. Um, And it only came out in like I want to say May it came out. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's yeah. It's so good and there are a couple plot twists in there that's like ooh, that's not where I thought the book was going or yeah and it doesn't I'd say follow it obviously follows like typical romance in like some senses but also not and I kind of like that it's nice like a fresh perspective it's not like um, I don't want to give too much away because I know you haven't read it um I can see it behind your head though um yep. not that anybody else can see that but um <laughs> yeah it words are difficult today this is, we'll just blame on jet lag. It's only like an hour difference. If we'll, but, um, <laughs> well, it's, it takes a lot to get back into it after vacation, to be honest. Yeah. Like I took today to like not do anything. And like when you texted me that you're ready, I was like about to start making dinner, but I was also like in the middle of this really hard level in a video game. And I was like, I can't, yeah. I can't start work work right now even though this is like the most fun kind of work yeah. it's still work no i was like literally just walking to shoppers and i had to go to safeway so we had lots of time um <laughs> yeah and then i was just dilly dallying around the shop and then i was like <gasps> actually have things to do um yeah but for this book summer read easily digestible it's not like taxing subject it's a nice romance book and it does deal with some other things but it does follow like a really nice trend there are some steamy parts which i love like they nearly have have like a romp in a public place and i was like oh 
Um, but yeah, it's just very sweet, very lovely. It does make you think a little bit, but not like in like a horrible way. There's also like <laughs> a steamy little um, skinny dipping scene. That's one of the things that's on the mm-hmm. checklist is a good to go skinny dipping. Um, there's a cute local little bar that they go to that's called Papa Squat. Um, <laughs> there's just like, I don't know. Era. <laughs> There's something cozy about like small town, like romancy kind of things, but it also did in some senses. Mm-hmm. It reminded me on like the charm of like Shit's Creek, of like okay. kind of cute, adorable, small towny romancy kind of thing with like bunch of different. And maybe it does help that they mention an apothecary, and there is an apothecary situation in Shit's Creek. But um, yeah. yeah, I love this book. It was so nice. I would say it's like four and a half stars because it's just a lovely book to read. I did really enjoy it. And this one and Beach Read thought was great. And I'm glad that I did um, continue reading Emily Henry books because People We Meet on Vacation was really good. It just wasn't for me. Um, Was it her first one? I don't know actually let me just check that um I feel like it must be because I think I think Mm, no people we meet in vacations number two beach read came out in 2020 then people we meet in vacation was 2021 and this one was 2022 okay so she does have quite a few other books written let me just see um yeah, she has a few other books um, published too, um, but these are like all following like the same kind of like um, style, like the cover and things um, mm-hmm. are all very similar. Um, so I think she maybe took a break. Oh no, she didn't because that's 2019. Yeah, she's been writing consistently, I think, since like 2016. Um, mm. Yeah, I... I yeah, I think the the past like other books like they're all New York Times bestseller author ones. So, um, yeah, and also at the front it's a, a quote from Taylor Jenkins Reid saying a rom com, a rom com lover's dream of a book. And I think there's something that I really like about books that are written like about books. So, oh, yeah. um, the best Beach Read is also very similar. It's two um, writers that are in that book. Um, that again, I think I'm like, I love this trope a little bit. I do like Friends to Lovers. Um, I'm not hating on that at all, but there's something spicy about Enemies to Lovers. Enemies to Lovers. And I live for it, I think. And this was yeah. like Enemies to Lovers, and so was beach read whereas i think people we meet on vacation might have yeah it was more friends to lovers um without giving too much away that one kind of gives that one away but um (laughs) yeah because it's definitely more of a slow burn that's maybe why i didn't like it um Mm. but yeah these ones there were some spicy points do we get yeah there is definitely a sex scene in it can't remember if it's closed door or open door but it's good 
Um, there is like a spicy potential sex scene that doesn't happen in a public place, which I was like, Ooh, love it. Um, yeah. <laughs> good for you, not for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this book I would recommend for, I don't know, mostly women, but you know what? I think a lot of our books are catered more towards women females than uh, dudes, but like at the same time, yeah, we're all we're also women. At the same time, I also think that maybe you should start delving into romance novels because it's where it's at. Um, yeah, take a dip. I agree. You might enjoy it, and if you don't, that's fine. But maybe in a few years' time, give another one a go. Um, yeah. Because there are so many books within the romance genre that I honestly think that there is something for guys in these. And not even just like a soft, squishy moment, like, which is kind of like what the, I just feel like they're kind of like a little hug. They're just kind of soft yeah. and comforting. But they're if comforting. there's something comforting that you can get from it, um, whether it's the like dialogue talking about like childhood or, um, Maybe you've been having problems or with conceiving or pregnancy problems with your spouse. Like, this is just seeing it more from, like, a woman's perspective. And I think that that's phenomenal. And I think that more men should read romance novels, not just to learn about the spicy things that we like, but (laughs) to just, like, gain a better perspective on women, really. Like, um, yeah. It's so funny because when we were like all hanging out last week, Jordan was like, "Oh, what what is a woman's equivalent of a like a dick pic?" Yeah, and we were like a sexy text because we don't need to see the dick. Yeah, we just need to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> and probably seeing it is less satisfying than what we can spurn in their imagination. So really, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It, we're doing you a favor. Um, yeah, by saying we don't want to see that yeah and especially unsolicited like don't be sending if any guys are listening right now don't send unsolicited dick pics like nobody needs to see that and but honestly like i've never asked for a dick pic no has any woman ever asked for a dick pic like any dick pic that's ever sent has to be unsolicited right i think the only time that i've like ever seen that was because somebody else was like look somebody just sent me a dick pic um yeah yeah. <sighs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So as much as I would recommend this to everybody, more specifically, like, I think I would, like, say, like, my mom, my aunt, you, like, um, any friend. I really just, it was a nice, warm hug of a read. And I'm glad that I read it. And I gave her another go because this was the second Emily Henry book I read. And I think it was the same time that I had like bought the books, like Train Spotting and Knots um, mm. and Crosses. Mm-hmm. It was that same like book haul day where we bought like the same book, which was the um, Every Somewhere After. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Loved it. Enjoyed it. Happy I read it. And. Yay. Yeah. And Good job. even reading it a second time, I wasn't bored by it. Um, I was like, oh, these characters again. Felt nice. 
I can't wait to read it. Yeah. I'm, I can't, because that's the first one. I That's the only one I think I have of hers. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've heard so much about her, so. And I, I don't think I spoiled, like, too much um, from it. There is yeah. a few moments where, so. yeah, might be a slightly spoilery, but I tried to keep it tight-lipped on that. Okay. Yeah. So, yay. Lovely book. Yay. Okay. Well, my book for our second summer book is called Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. And it was published in 2021 by Grand Central Publishing. And I will read you the summary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Seven days to fall in love, 15 years to forget, and seven days to get it all back again. Eva Mercy is a single mom and best-selling erotica writer who is feeling pressed from all sides. Shane Hall is a reclusive, enigmatic, award-winning novelist who, to everyone's surprise, shows up in New York. When Shane and Eva meet unexpectedly at their at a literary event, sparks fly, raising not only their buried traumas, but the eyebrows of the black literati. What no one knows is that 15 years earlier, teenage Eva and Shane spent one crazy, torrid week madly in love. While they may be pretending not to know each other, they can't deny their chemistry or the fact that they've been secretly writing to each other in their books through the years. Over the next seven days, amidst a steamy Brooklyn summer, Eva and Shane reconnect, but Eva's wary of the man who broke her heart and wants him out of the city so her life can return to normal. Before Shane disappears, though, she needs a few questions answered. With its keen observations of creative life in America today, as well as the joys and complications of being a mother and a daughter, Seven Days in June is a hilarious, romantic, and sexy-as-hell story of two writers discovering their second chance at love. Oh. Okay, um, now reading the summary, I'm kind of pissed. Because <laughs> it, it makes it sound so good. And I was so disappointed by this book. I, I can't even, like... We're back on the Nikki hate and everything train. <laughs> okay, I really, really wanted to like this book. I really did. But, like, the more I, like... Because, like, I finished this... Because we were supposed to, like, record the Saturday that you were here. Mm-hmm. So I finished it, I think, on the Thursday. So I've had, like, a full week and a bit to, like, think about it. Yeah. And I just, like, I cannot believe how disappointed I was Aww. in it. And the more I think about it, the worse it gets. Oh, dear. Because, honestly, I don't, I think originally I put it at four stars. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to write my, like, notes for the book today and, like, read more about it, I went back into my Goodreads and changed it to a three. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and, yeah, and, like, all of it's... Sorry, just to note sorry. on that, I have found that... I like fair enough to start off with when we were reading them. I like was like I have to be critical out the get go because I don't want to like give an unfair review. I need to like critically think about it. But I think throughout life I've been way more like lenient on books than mm-hmm. I am now. Now that I actually yeah. have to think about them, I'm like, well, actually, that was kind of shit. Like, it was good. Yeah. I enjoyed the time that I was reading it. But if I actually saw the think about it, I'm like, well, it actually wasn't written that well. Like, the yeah. storyline was okay. I feel the same like, way. I feel the exact same way. Now that we're thinking about them. And yeah, like, my book, it went through all the tropes. It, But it delivered exactly what it said it was going to do. 
Yeah. So I don't feel mad about it. Yeah. I just find it funny because it says like, oh, they write to each other through their books, which is like, that's probably what got me. It was like, oh yeah, I want to read that. Cause like, that's so interesting mm-hmm. to think about like authors writing to each other, but it's like, they, they only talk about that for like a second. Mm-hmm. It's like not delved into at all. And like, yeah, it's like, he has a, a character in his books that is like based on her. And like, she has a character in her books based on him, mm-hmm. but it's like not that deep. Yeah. I mean, it is like obviously, if you're if you've been writing about somebody for the last fifteen years, yeah, it's anyway, yeah, like, yeah. So, I'm disappointed, and I, I'm not gonna say I hated it because I didn't, because I think the core story is actually really good. Mm-hmm. It took me so long to get through it too, because like, like I would have probably been done it because I think I started it weeks ago and I like I probably would have finished it like in time for us to record before you got Mm -hmm. here but like I was just like not not into it and like yeah I I, honestly I think I need to get off the Reese train because this was another one of Reese book club picks and like Eleanor Oliphant was a Reese book club pick and like Jasmine Guillory she I didn't read that book but I read her other book and I hated it yeah Reese, you're really disappointing me. I don't know. I guess it just goes to show that like all of these books that are supposed to be like quote unquote popular are not necessarily I don't I don't know what made her pick these books because and it seems to me that I I'm, I'm the outlier because I think what did it have? Oh. It had a 4.1 like star rating on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. So I must be the outlier. But I did find one review who, I can't remember what she gave it actually, I think it was two stars, um, who like said exactly everything that I was thinking about the book. And I was like, oh my God, thank God, I'm not crazy. Yeah. And that's sometimes why I go, I troll through the Goodreads. Um, like, I don't troll, yeah. I don't like comment on anybody else's things, but we go through like all the things just to make sure that I'm not actually nuts because yeah, I need that validation that I uh, maybe other people didn't enjoy it like I did. Um, yeah. 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 So if you're curious, you can look it up, but I'm going to have a quote from it later. Uh, the person who wrote it, was, her name is Ebony on Goodreads. Um, if you are curious to look it up. Um, yeah. So I actually really did like the core of the story, like the actual love story. Mm-hmm. It's funny because both of my books have like references to summer in the titles Mm -hmm. and they're both like rekindled like teenage romances Mm -hmm. um i i just think that this book and i think i've talked about this a lot with a lot of other books that i have reviewed on this podcast is that it's trying to do too much if it would have just if it would have just stuck to the story to the love story i think it would have been an amazing book and i think this writer is she she wrote it very well it's it is funny and it is sexy and it talks about a lot of important stuff as well but there was just too much stuff being mashed in um i read like some articles so i actually had to freaking download the reese book club app and make an account so now i'm a member of the reese <laughs> so that I could read these articles 
that this like that this author wrote about the book and like to hear her talk about and it's always so interesting to me to hear to hear authors talk about um like their motivations and stuff for writing books Mm -hmm. and she basically so she made the character of eva mercy have uh like a crippling chronic pain condition she has like migraines constantly and so like that's interesting to read about because i i don't have that Mm -hmm. and you know representation matters have you ever had like Um, any sort of migraine no i've only had like three ever and they're so debilitating it's yeah yeah well my mom used to get them really badly because she had like a neck well i think it's because she had a neck like a neck injury when she was a kid or when she was like younger so she i remember she used to just like sit in the basement with all the lights off yeah and like watch tv and like i didn't really understand as a kid like what like how much pain she was in and i still don't i've never had a migraine because we talked about it once and she's like have you ever had one and i was like I don't think so. Yeah. I feel like I would know. But I had to like... I get headaches, but... Message my parents because I was like, is this what a migraine is? Because uh, I'm like, this is not... Like, it doesn't feel like a headache. And my mom was like, oh no, that's a migraine. Um, I had to like... The first time it happened, I just like laid in the dark. Um, yeah. And the other two I've had, I, I'm not bad with like sounds. Um, so I just lay in the dark, put my eye mask on. So most of the time I just sleep through it when like... Yeah. I'm saying it's just I had them often, but I had two, like, one not long ago and one, like, a good few months ago, but within, like, the past year, I've had two, and then the one was, like, yeah. four years ago, so, um, yeah, but I just, like, put a face mask on, lay down, listen to stuff, but even, like, the last one I had, like, sometimes I had to, like, take the earphones out and just mm-hmm. have it play on the TV, because I think having something in my ear hurt, too, like, um, yeah just because it was like annoying my ear then so then it was just yeah this is not fun but i if i just have like things playing like pretty quietly um but they're like and that's just like random i I, like i don't have like a pain condition that i have them like every so often but they're so debilitating like um yeah i think i ended up having like a few days off work because i just like um just it feels almost like searing or mine have felt like searing like pain it's almost like blinding pain just like across your forehead um hmm. or that's what it's been like for me for at least the last one i had um but it's yeah. and they're so weird how they affect people and some people have them like all the time and then some people get yeah. them like once or twice and yeah yeah so i mean it's interesting to read about that yeah. and, and like the author has has that so she like oh, wrote okay. that from her own experience and she like the um like Eva has a daughter she's 12 I think she's 12 um and she was like she's basically writing about how it's hard to be a parent when you have like such a debilitating illness because she's she feels like she's parenting from the couch yeah because she all she can do is lay there um so interesting perspective Mm -hmm. and but like so, so she said the main reason that she wanted to write this book was like to like to write a book about black love Mm-hmm. and have it not be like and have it just be like a normal thing because it is yeah. and like a lot of the times like black people's stories are like only rooted in their trauma yeah and i love that i love that i want more of that we should be writing like black authors should 
get more of a platform just to write stories to just write romance novels like Uh it doesn't need to be about like always about their trauma and it shouldn't always be about their trauma they are they should also have stories just the same as everybody else Uh so that's great but i think that all of this other stuff that she tries to add in and it's like there's it's mostly told from Eva and Shane's perspective, but then there's also like a chapter from her daughter's perspective. There's like a chapter from her best friend and literary agent's perspective. There's like a chapter from one of Shane's students' perspective. It's like ah, all of these things that is just completely taking away from what the story actually is and what she says she wants the story to be, which is just a story of black love. Yeah. And I think that that's, it's completely taking away from that. And it just distracts from the heart of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, so, like, the story is supposed to be about how they, like, met as teenagers and, like, fell in love and were soulmates, and then they meet 15 years later mm-hmm. and, like, start back up again, but, like, you get basically get only two chapters of them being teenagers, and, I mean, the title of the book is Seven Days in June, so they only spent a week together, which, but I think that you still could have made that, like important yeah. like as a teenager a week is a lifetime a lot a lifetime and like everything is heightened when you're a teenager mm-hmm. so like i think you still could have made it like they are soulmates but it barely talked about their their week as teenagers i mean to be fair they were like drugged up the entire time they were just on drugs the whole time and like they were both kind of running away from their oh, own separate traumas Mm -hmm. but like i don't know i think that you could have really delved into that and if you didn't have all the other crap that you put into the book yeah you could have delved really deep into that like that week and like how it how it really affected them Mm -hmm. but i mean i did find it interesting that she only told it through well she didn't really because she did have some chapters there's just so much going on in this book and yeah, I, I just wish that she hadn't tried to jam that much into it because, yeah, but so she also dramatizes the relationship, I, I think, a lot. And the review that I read on Goodreads also talks about that. It's just like, it's so dramatic uh-huh. and it didn't seem like they would want to continue talking to each other after this week. Like, it, it, it there was nothing from the small amount of information you got based on their like teenage relationship to say that they're soulmates, they need to be together. I can't believe they didn't realize they, they need to be together. Mm -hmm. But again, I feel like it's because that whole teenage era was not completely fleshed out. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So it's, it's very dramatic and like, ebony says in her her goodreads review i i like drama in books and like sometimes Mm -hmm. some of that drama is good but it just seemed like unfounded drama yeah like there was nothing to base it off of it was just drama that's disappointing because there's there's so many ways that you can like be fully representate representing um like the lived experience of like yeah anybody but like especially when it comes to like um black people like i and i don't want like oh my god i have like five thoughts all coming at once um 
that's what like literary agents are there for they're there or and editors to like make sure that your story is like fully fleshed out and sometimes i mm-hmm. think that you can almost sense books where you're like did they fully flesh this out or did they run out of time for publishing and it just kind of sounds that like there potentially was that and where they could have cut back in other areas and flashed out in other areas to maybe mm-hmm. make a more cohesive mm-hmm. story and you got to know where mm-hmm. there can be things that are like cut um to actually make a story gel but then in other things too like sometimes that's not the story that you want to portray to people either is like that kind of like thing you want to portray the story that actually gets published but sometimes that's not the best readable book either i don't know if that made any sense um yeah no i think i get what you're saying but also it's like i i think maybe what happened was the like literary or like the editors we're like trying to focus on something else, which is the point I'm going to get to in my next mm-hmm. note here, which I didn't want to, I didn't, I honestly didn't know how to bring this up because I'm a white person mm-hmm. and okay, I'll just read this little clip of Ebony's um, uh, review. review first. What did not work for me, however, sort of outweighed my enjoyment of the above. Firstly, the book is crammed with every single possible millennial black cultural reference possible, and it feels very effortful and a little try-hard. I get it. This is a blackity-black book, and I appreciate that as a blackity-black person. But it almost felt as if someone who is not a black millennial wrote it. I have no idea how old the author is, and I don't care enough to Google it. It was like, it was like, it was just trying way too hard to be hip and relatable. And it started to weigh the narrative down in some parts of the book where the story could have been more streamlined because the author can definitely write really well, but the writing here lacked restraint, lacked any sort of subtlety and falls into the trap of cramming every cultural marker. It can, it can into every sentence. Exhausting. Yeah. And I've, uh, this is just like tidbits that I like hear from other people, like as much as like, we we as white people need to be doing the work and stuff like that as well because it's very exhausting for people who are racialized to constantly be like fighting the fight we need to fight the fight with them um but if you're reading a book and it's just constantly throwing you like Mm -hmm. all of the like i don't want to say tropes but like that's like the only word i can think of right now um all of the cultural references that like you would expect like potentially expect to be in a book that is written about black people like but as like i'm just guessing like as a black person's perspective in this review it would be exhausting having all of those things like thrown back at you almost like how it was exhausting when you like had all those like canadian ones thrown back at you yeah it's like all right we get it like stop um it's exactly the same thing when there's things that are like typically like stereotypically meant to be towards your grouping of people and you're just like it's constantly rearranging like even when i read um ernest hemingway um well semi-read um the sun also rises and there was a scottish guy in it and he was saying about how he was so like tight-fisted with money it's a trope with scottish people yeah yeah. please see my bank account i'm not tight-fisted i wish i was a little <laughs> bit more tight-fisted because sometimes i'm like curse dave where has your money gone but yeah to just like 
say like this is what everybody experiences that's not really the case like you can't just like plaster that like that is the yeah oh my god yeah yeah you know (laughs) this is what i'm saying like i did it now i didn't know how to put it into words like how i felt about it but like that was perfect and like that made me feel better coming from a like a black person who wrote that review Mm -hmm. i was like okay i'm not crazy and it wasn't that it was like necessarily i think she put it in a nice way that it was cultural references but it was a lot of like it was a lot of like it the only way i can describe it is like the woke talk yeah okay you know what i mean and like for like the entire first half of the book i was i just felt like it was so preachy Mm -hmm. which is like like you said like we're white people we need to do the work and i need to and and i know all of the stuff that she was mentioning like i had read about some things and like i'd heard about some things that she all of the things that she was mentioning and i was like i need to do the work i i'm a white person but it just like she's right it just it weighed down the narrative so much that it's like what is what is the story actually about and if you're then also saying that she just wants to write a story about two black people and their love story i'm not saying that you shouldn't have those things in there because you absolutely should because that is like cultural part part of of their like part of who they are and culture and things like that but it will weigh down your narrative um if it's just like like an onslaught of things it's and that's what it felt like it was completely an onslaught but then like at a certain because i was reading it and i couldn't tell if she was trying to be serious or not or if she was trying to poke fun at it okay and i think i did get to a point where i think i realized that she was poking fun of it and this was the point was where do you think she was like poking fun of that that woe culture so she gets called to her daughter her daughter's name is audrey's school Mm -hmm. and she's good she's about to be suspended because she is um like conducting snapchat therapy sessions okay (laughs) and she was treating in quotes a student whose mother turns out is the dean of students i have no idea what that means but it sounds important um and she was having an affair with the english teacher and they took a like somebody or i don't know how this got out but there was a screen grab of this session and she's crying and they it's kind of funny they turned it into a meme she's like this girl's like crying it's probably like i don't know one of those like this sounds exactly like sex education yeah, kind of. Like, the school that she goes to, it kind of kind of sounds exactly yeah. like that. Um, and she, she's, like, crying, and, like, they, like, put the meme under it, and it was, like, the feels when your mom's getting her back blown out by the English teacher. Oh! Oh, my God! <laughs> oh, so, it was, like, really funny, and, like, it was, like, a really funny scene, because, like, the teacher, like, was, like, going through, like, what Snapchat is to, like, Eva and stuff. And she's like, I'm I'm very familiar with like social media. I'm an author. Like, I need to have a social media presence. So I'm like familiar with the the like the aspects of social media. And she's like, good, well, good. Like the the principal or the dean or whatever is like, oh, thank God. Like she and like he, like the author describes her as being like she was like just grateful that she didn't have to describe what back blown out means. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway. Yeah. For anybody who's not, so, who does not know, we're not going to describe that either. It's like, no, I'm not going to describe that. You can look it up yeah. on Urban Dictionary yourself. <laughs> um, okay, so... Maybe it's a good thing my mom didn't just... teach my grandma how to listen to this podcast. Um, uh, yeah, I told my grandma specifically she's not allowed to listen to it. Um, okay, so this is the point where I kind of like, okay, I feel like this is where she like reveals that she's not... She is joking about, or she's like, it's kind of tongue in cheek, all of the stuff that she's been saying up to this point. Yeah. Um, so, Eva grabbed Audrey's forearm and marched her to a private alcove by the girls' bathroom. She spun her around so they faced each other. I'm pretty sure you broke up a marriage. Do you get the ram- ramifications of that? Yes, she exclaimed, but husbands cheat all the time with no repercussions. In a way, it's like I'm dismantling the patriarchy. Oh, grow up. This isn't about the patriarchy. So I don't know why that particular one, it was for me, but it, like that just, it just hit me because I was like, yes, it's not always, not everything has the grander, like, she's only thinking big picture and she's using the patriarchy as an excuse for her shitty actions. Yeah. Like as much as you want to like, yeah, the patriarchy sucks. Dismantle the patriarchy your actions have consequences and she literally broke up a marriage. Yeah. And that I don't think is her responsibility, nor is it like her like business at all. So just like, yeah. Yeah. So for her to say like, it's not about the patriarchy. I think that's when I was like, okay, so she's like a hundred percent. Like this is all tongue in cheek and she's kind of poking fun at the woke culture. So after that, I was like, okay, I can, I can make my peace with that. But it was a lot at the beginning of the book because it was basically like the first 50 pages. That's all it was. Yeah. Or it felt like that to me anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, like, like the daughter's 12. So it's like, I think 12 year olds now are a lot more educated and like. I was going to say at 12, I had no fucking sense. Yeah, well, I mean, that that's the thing. It's like, th- they know, like, they've been... Now, I think 12-year-olds have a lot more knowledge about racism, patriarchy, like, all that stuff, especially if you are able to have an education such as Audrey has had, which is she's, go- she's going to a private school. It's, like, top... Like, basically the top tier of education you can yeah. get. So I think that, like, 12-year-olds now have all of like way more information than we had like about gender about racism and a like, lot of it is just basically right at their fingertips like they just have to click yeah, a exactly. buttons and yeah yeah but also you're still a 12 year old and you're still stupid and you still don't think that your actions have any consequences yeah and you're invulnerable and there's nothing that you can do or say that actually matters mm-hmm. You just don't have that, like, responsibility that an adult would have. Yeah. So, yeah, after that, I was kind of like, okay, yeah, this this is, she's being tongue-in-cheek about it. Uh, yeah, so I also, those are the things I didn't like, but, like I said, at the core, I think this story was really good, and I think the writer is really good. This book was sexy with three X's. Mm-hmm. Like, the first sex scene. Oh, my God. So they go into this, like, um, (laughs) 
it's like an it's described as an art installation but it kind of reminds me of like the um float tanks that you can do <laughs> okay but it's basically like ha- like to get a better sleep and you like go into these rooms where like it's just like a dark room there's like purple light which is apparently supposed to help you sleep and there's like calming music playing and you're supposed to just like sleep basically it's like one of those new york arsy fartsy things uh-huh. so they go in and they like are laying there or whatever and it's like she she actually says like she starts to feel better like she starts to feel sleepy and like she has uh, i think a lot of a hard time sleeping a lot of time because of her migraines uh-huh. but i like i don't know and then it's just like like they're alone together for the first time and like they and it is a public place like it's a private room but the the doors don't lock because they don't want you to have sex in there mm-hmm. yeah, obviously of. they, I, did. they did sorry to take a and, sidebar on this i remember how like at one point during university i was like why don't they have pods at university for the students who don't live on campus that you can just like rent a pod that you go in and sleep uh, in and you can just have a nap between classes and you can like rent it out like you hear of these like airport the airport pod things that people can go and sleep in in like yeah. different countries and stuff. I'm like, why don't they have that in university? Like, I would endorse this a sleeping pod. And then somebody was like, Kirsty, people would think about them. that for a second because at the university that I went to, there was um, a study room that had no windows outside and had no windows in the door frame either and people apparently would bang in that one um it doesn't exist as far as i'm aware anymore i think there is windows now but like for a long time i knew which one it was because i never used it because i was like ew um gross well i mean like and like you said before like in your in your book like the public they almost had sex in public i was like i would also never i know that that's some people's thing and that's like they're into that you do you but but, like like there was something about the fact that like somebody could walk in at any moment that was like it made it heightened but only because it's like they had to be quick and like it was like they basically kept all of their clothes on but like they couldn't keep their hands off of each other it was just really it was it was a good it was sexy (laughs) it was good (laughs) um but like that's what I'm saying. Like they had, they had really great chemistry. She wrote them as having really great, great chemistry, mm-hmm. and I just wish that more of the book focused on that because that's what she wanted the book to be about. So I, yeah, and maybe you're right. Like maybe it was it came down to editors like wanted it a different way. They wanted to focus on something else or make it about like a yeah. I I don't know, but because like the parts where they're actually together and it was it was like their love story it was great i would have loved to read that book if that's just what it was about mm-hmm. um yeah so um i just think it had so much potential and it's really i'm really disappointed that it really falls kind of flat um but the trigger warnings are there's like sexual assault there's abuse um there's addiction heavily featured um i and i really hate to say this but honestly when i was trying to think of somebody to recommend it to i couldn't think of anybody i honestly wouldn't even recommend it to you because i felt like it was just a waste of time like way too much book for what it was supposed to be i this is probably hard i'm I'm sorry i i (laughs) 
like I said, I, I think she's a really great author and like the writing was really good, but like I can't think of anybody that I would recommend this book to. Because you have to wade through so much shit in order to get to the story. And sometimes it's and just it's not just worth it. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like there's so much random shit in there. <sighs> yeah. So I would I think I would read another book by her. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be willing to give her another shot, but this one just really, really missed the mark for me, and I really, really wanted to like it, but it just, yeah, just didn't do it, and I think she has a really unique voice, and I think, like, she really could do something really cool, Mm -hmm. but not this one. Yep, and to each their own. Like I said, I, I did have it as four stars. I think maybe what I did was I gave it four stars and then like was gonna give it three and a half, but I think I bumped it down to three now. Yeah. Because after like reading all about like what she wanted it to be and like just reading that that um review yeah. on Goodreads, I was like, yes, yeah, just this was not but and then like there's so many like I had to well excuse me. I had to scroll through at least like I don't know, ten maybe reviews mm-hmm. of like five star reviews. Like I didn't really read I skimmed those yeah. ones. But I was looking for the negative ones because I wanted to mm-hmm. see, like, if there was anybody who felt the same as me. Yeah. So that's it. <laughs> one hit and one miss for my summer reads. Yep. I really liked, liked the last one. Yep. <laughs> ah, can't win Molly. No, nope, you can't. And it, you're right. It, it's been a while since I hated one. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. were really concerned when we first started this that you all you did was hate the books that we read so i'm glad that you've had a few like good ones now um yeah Yeah. (laughs) there you go yep yay Yay. we did it we did it (sighs) so because we came out of our groove for a week we will have two back to back so it'll be weekly for these next two so you'll get one this thursday which is this one that you're listening to. This one. And then you'll get one next week. Oh, you've already, yeah, listened, you've to already listened to the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but you're now getting one next week, which was always the original plan. We will be doing Thursday Murder Club, and it will be released August 4th. Yes. And that's the one that we've been telling you about for a while now. That's our read-along. Mm-hmm. So if you, I hope you finished it. By now, I don't know. Maybe I don't know your life. Yeah, it's fine. You got a week. Um, <laughs> you got a week. Yeah, you have another week. Um, At this point, I haven't read know. it, so yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, but you're off. I have like two weeks to read you this, have... so so I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it, please let us know what you thought of this, these books, any of these books that we talked about, any of the books we've ever talked about, the Thursday Murder Club for, I mean, maybe we'll feature you in next week's episode. Um, you can email us at dearbrabbookclub at gmail.com and you can message us on Instagram or come follow us, hang out, like our stuff um, at Dear Bear Book Club. Yeah. And next week we will also be featuring, were we going to tell people this? I don't know. I think we already have. Yeah. So you can. So next week also, um, Joseph, my husband, will also be joining us because he's the one who told us to read this book. So maybe I, we'll be very excited. throwing him under the bus. But um, <laughs> I think that the book is good. So, or from what I've heard. I'm enjoying it so far. Okay. I'm only like halfway through, but I'm enjoying okay. it. Okay. 
he may be saved yeah. then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what you think, but I think you'll like yeah. it. You'll probably like it. Yay. Okay. okay. Well, that's it from us this week. Um, we'll see you very shortly and have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Happy reading. Bye. Bye.